and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. We at Outsports started tracking the names and the overall number of out LGBTQ athletes at Olympic Games in 2008. And one of the things we get excited about leading up to the Games every couple of years is that, is, you know, who's out at, and going to be at the Games? And as we've been going through... Uh, trying to track some people down, I got a hold of Robbie Manson, who will not be in Tokyo. He retired from rowing. But I asked him who from New Zealand uh, is out. And he pointed me to Emma Twig, uh, who is also a rower. I contacted Emma, and she was awesome. <laughs> she, she knows a lot of LGBTQ uh, Olympians. Not a surprise. She, um, you know, when we started, like I said, we started tracking these lists in 2008. Emma was at that 2008 Olympics. But 2020 is, 2021, whatever it's called, Tokyo is going to be the first Olympics where she's on the list. Because it's going to be the first Olympics where she was really publicly out. And one of the neat things about my conversation is when she talks about one of the reasons wanting to come back, because she had left the sport a few years ago, one of the reasons was to be out and to, to be a, a, a beacon of hope and to represent the community in a powerful way as she continues to represent her country. Uh, so it was really great chatting with Emma, and uh, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Emma, thank you so much for joining me, and and I'm so sorry. I've done, I've had so many conversations with people in New Zealand and Australia. This is the first time I went the wrong direction with my change of date. I had us down for talking on Saturday when I should have had it for Thursday. So I'm sure that's never happened to you before. It happens all the time. We live at the end of the world, so our time zone's <laughs> the hardest one to to nail. <laughs> One of the things I spent the day doing, actually, and over the last week I've been doing it a lot, is at Outsports, we, we take all the out athletes at the Olympics and we put them on a team LGBTQ. And we kind of follow them as though they were one country. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious, I've seen some of your quotes, um, you know, about, you know, not, there was a time in your life when you didn't want to be known as the gay athlete. How would it have felt, you know, four years or five years ago, I guess, if somebody put you on a team LGBTQ and started talking about you being LGBTQ? Yeah, I mean, I think four or five years ago, I would have probably been down with it. But in, in you know, 2008, even 2012, I very much was of the mindset that um, my sexuality was, you know, not my defining point. And I was uh, an athlete first and foremost. I mean, I, I obviously wanted to kind of prove myself in that space and be known for my athletic abilities. And then um, I guess my sexuality second, but I guess as time's gone on and I've become more comfortable with who I am, um, I realize also the power and the platform that I have to, to help other young people be okay with who they are and irrespective of, you know, my, my sporting results. Is there a particular reason this has changed? I mean, I get up every day, um, and I'm motivated by helping kids. Was that kind of the, the thing that has pushed you the most to open up more? Or has there been something else? 
I think it's just perspective and, and, you know, life perspective as well. And, and as I've um, become, you know, more okay with, with who I am personally and um, have kind of solidified relationships around me as well. Um, and, and, you know, have, have gone through my career without any kind of prejudice um, around my sexuality. That's kind of enabled me to be okay with, with things and also realize, like I say, the power that you have as an athlete and the platform that you have. Um, one of the reasons for my return to the, to the sport after retiring for a while was just understanding um, sexuality aside that we, we have a platform and it's a privilege to be doing what we do day to day and inspiring people. Um, it could be, you know, inspiring young gay people to be okay with who they are or just inspiring someone to get into to sport in general. Do you hear from LGBTQ people about you being an inspiration to them? Yeah, definitely. There's, and, and that's the, the heartening thing, I guess, about it. When, when I have been more open and more public, um, I think that actually has more impact than, than just random messages, you know, um, from, from the public is, you know, having a story connect to mine. Um, and that's, you know, essentially why I do it. It's, it's, like I said, it's why I've come back to the sport is to, to, to help people um, through tough times, to inspire people and to, yeah, to do things that I guess I had, when I was younger, I had role models that I looked up to. Um, and I wish I'd had more LGBT um, people to look up to as a, as a young female rower. Ivy Manson was one of the very few men who have competed while being out at the Olympic Games. Has he played a role in your life? Yeah, I, I actually joke with Robbie that I was actually out before he was, but he uh, he liked to tell it, tell more people than I did. So that's been our running joke. But Robbie's a great friend of mine. And I think what he he has done within rowing and within sport in general is, is amazing. And, and it's kind of testament to his character. Um, and yeah, even now, having retired from rowing, he still has has a huge impact. Um, so I certainly looked at him um, and how uh, I guess he 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 wasn't concerned at all about um, you know his perspective as uh, being a gay man in, in sport um, as opposed to being known as Robbie the the rower. So um, yeah, he's he's a special man. What I mentioned at the beginning is that you, you've talked about this idea that you wanted to be just known as an amazing rower, not necessarily a gay rower. And, and like I said, it's something that I hear about a lot. That, that is, a, that is a, a big driver in the lives of LGBTQ athletes, particularly elite athletes. They, they, you know, they want to they win a medal as, um, as an athlete, not as a gay athlete. How can we break through to people to see that one doesn't cancel the other, that you can be an amazing athlete and you can also be gay and you can be an amazing gay athlete? Because I think in a lot of athletes' minds, they fear that that amazing part is going to be replaced by the gay part. How do we break through that conversation? Yeah, I guess it's just, it's, to, to me, it's, it's normalizing the issue. You know, when, when I first started in rowing and, and was a bit younger, um, I guess some of my concerns also were around sponsorships and things like that, that, that I thought would be impacted. And actually with time, I've come to realize that actually it's, a, it's almost a positive to have this you know, other, other side to me because 
we have progressed, certainly in New Zealand, um, and diversity is a is something that is you know, being pushed with a with a lot of um, multinational organisations, and and it's important to have faces like mine. Um, and so, yeah, I think as you go on and you become comfortable, and and you see others breaking those barriers and and being open and and creating a normal safe space. Um, I think it, it will become easier, uh, but that's not to say that it is still a very hard thing for, for a number of people, especially young people. Um, and I guess that's what over time I've realized and I see it as a real responsibility to, you know, to provide um, visibility uh, and especially in a, in a sport like rowing where I guess it's not that common. Yeah, what's interesting about what you said is it's 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 not convincing a, a gay or lesbian athlete um, that they can that they can be defined multiple ways, but actually reducing the amount that we define people by their sexual orientation, making out athletes so common that 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 the importance in that part of their label just kind of just kind of dissipates a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that that's crucial. And that's, that's what I mean by the more people that speak about their experiences and, you know, for young kids uh, to, to go, Oh, okay. That, that's not who I expected as, you know, an openly gay woman in sport. Um, I think there are these stereotypes um, and it's, it's not the case, you know, a stereotype is a stereotype and uh, there's all sorts of people out there from different walks of life and, you know, that's, I guess that's, that's one thing that I've liked to push through, through my profile is that um, difference is difference, no matter what it is, whether it be cultural or um, sexuality, whatever. Um, and I guess we just need to create a space where people embrace difference. As I mentioned, we write about team LGBTQ at the Olympics and, and you and I connected because I, I reached out to Robbie and said, Robbie, who on team New Zealand is, is out. And I, I, I knew you, but I didn't know you. And he said, ask Emma. And so I messaged you and you rattled off, you know, a bunch of names that I confirmed on social media or whatever. Um, and what's interesting, Emma, is so every four years with the Olympics, the number of out athletes we've known has just about doubled, more than doubled. And in 2016, there were 56 that we knew of. There's going to be well over 100 this time around. And one of the reasons is how just naturally open women are. So when I look at the um, a, a roster of women on an Olympic team, I go to Instagram and several of them, girlfriends, pride flags, rainbows, hashtag, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm queer, whatever it is. They're out, but the men aren't. Yeah. The men, the men are not out. And I find it interesting that the more it's kind of like a snowball effect, the more women who are out, the more women who just naturally come out. Yeah. And I, I honestly, I, I feel for, for gaming and sport because this, there is still that kind of macho element that probably does prevent people from feeling like they can be themselves. Um, I don't know whether it's easier for women to be gay in sport. That's probably a, a wild assumption, but it just seems to me that, you know, it, it seems like a, a safe space within a number of sports. More more people are being visible and talking about it, and they're probably not being, um, you know, they're not experiencing 
any negatives that turn them off from being so open about it. And um, I hope that, you know, there's men within the, the sporting community that eventually will, you know, look to people like Robbie um, and, and feel, feel like it is okay for them to, to be who they are. Uh, and I guess that's just, you know, that's just time and, and progress. And honestly, I can't speak specifically from that angle because I'm not a gay man in sport, but from what I see, I, I feel like those, those men that do speak out um, are certainly extremely brave and, and I hope that, that more do, especially in certain sports. Because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's many out there that are, are struggling and would love to just be who they are. I think one of the reasons is that there are just more LGBTQ women in sport than there are LGBTQ men. For example, I take the U.S. women's national soccer team. There's 18 players. I think it's 18 will be named. Probably about a third are going to be LGBTQ. I don't think there's a men's soccer team in the Olympics that would be a third LGBTQ closeted or otherwise. And I just think there's just, there's more. When I talk to um, elite women in elite sports, that's what they tell me. They're like, yeah, I think there's just more of us. And so it, it, it becomes even more important for those men who are LGBTQ to be willing to be uh, visible because my guess is there's just outside of a couple of sports, there's just fewer of them. Yeah, totally agree. And, and potentially, I mean, you see within, in a lot of the women's sports now, there is a huge, huge push for, for pride. And, um, you know, there's lots of initiatives going on and within those sports, I, I follow the, the women's um, football team and they're doing some amazing things. And, and, you know, maybe we need to be doing the same thing in, in men's sport and having a, a few people, um, you know, come back to Robbie that, that are willing to stand up and provide some more role models and, um, and, speak on their experiences. Well, New Zealand has um, a couple of people. There's Robbie, there's Blake Skellerup, who was a, a skater who came oh so close to returning to the Olympics in, in Sochi. I was wondering, because our audience is, is mostly American, though we do get people from all over the world. What is what is the, the LGBTQ inclusion push in New Zealand sports look like today? Uh, I think our country in general is, is fairly um, progressive and liberal from that perspective. So I, I almost, you know, we're, we're talking before about um, things becoming the norm so that you don't have to, you know, identify yourself as anybody. Um, and I feel like in New Zealand, you know, I've, I've personally never expect, experienced any kind of negativity or prejudice um, within my sport. And, and arguably rowing is a very, um, it's not the most diverse of sports in New Zealand. Um, but I think just in general, you know, acceptance within our community is, um, you know, it's pretty good, really. Uh, and so I think that kind of flows through our Olympic committee. Um we never really have a huge focus on pride per se, but I don't think there's any, any kind of negativity. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, an interesting one from a cultural perspective. Um, I think because it is less of a thing, we don't necessarily have the same push uh, from a pride perspective that I see in other sports around the world, which, I mean, maybe that's a, that's something that we could work on. Maybe it would encourage, um, more diversity amongst some of our some of our athletes 
Well, it's interesting that you say it's just, you know, it's just more naturally accepted there in the United States. Every sports league seems to try to outdo each other, like putting rainbow flags in their logo and having pride nights and doing this and that. And uh, it, it, in the United American pro sports, they really are pushing LGBTQ inclusion. And, and during Pride Month, it's everywhere and the fans react and get all upset about it. Get, you know, stop, stop throwing politics in my face and what have you. But it sounds like there it's just naturally more accepted that maybe this overt, you know, let's change our, our logos into rainbow colors is less present. Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly um, have, you know, a Pride Month and that's when a lot of the organizations and things get on board from that you know, from that perspective, which is awesome. Um, one of my sponsors, ANZ um, Bank, they, they're big supporters of that. Um, but yeah, I, like I say, I, maybe it's also in our in our nature as Kiwis, we're kind of, a, sometimes can be known to be a bit low key. Um, and it's just, I think a, a lot of, even those within the sporting community that have come out, um, they're not necessarily shouting it from the rooftops. It's just, this is who I am and, and I'm an athlete and I'm a gay athlete and we kind of get on with it. Um, but that's not to say that if we had a few more that were really visible and, and, you know, sharing experiences that, that wouldn't help others um, be okay with who they are. You're married now. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and as you, you've gotten married, you have become more vocal uh, be about being LGBTQ uh, has having that relationship bolstered your confidence in talking about it that you, you just have a natural way of talking about it yeah I'm I, I'm in a I'm, I'm married I, I have a wife uh, and it becomes a much more natural way of talking about it than trying to you know scream I'm gay from the mountaintops definitely and, and even in, um, when I was younger and kind of going through that whole pro process of figuring out my sexuality um, when I when I came out I, I only wanted to come out when I had someone there that I could you know say this is this is my partner this is my girlfriend um and I think certainly being married now as well is you know it's an opportunity again to show New Zealand the world um that this is my wife and and we're very happy and we love each other and we're gonna have a family and, and do all sorts of wonderful things and um you know that doesn't change anything in our lives uh if anything it adds a huge amount of happiness to both of us and our families um, and it's a, a great example for for anyone out there that is struggling with who they are if you told me um, that Sid you're going to be uh, an Olympic caliber athlete and you are going to uh, finish fourth in two different Olympic games I'd be like oh my god that's incredible like how exciting and but at the same time, you finished fourth in two Olympic games. And, 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 and after the second one, you took a break from the sport. What was going on with you? Did you decide, I'm just done with this. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I've got to move on with my life. Was finishing fourth part of why you left for a while? Yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't, didn't say it. It definitely did. Um, I guess when you invest yourself into, at that point, it was three Olympic campaigns. Um, the first fourth place I got in London, it was a bit of swill, a uh, bit of pill, sorry to swallow, but um, but you know it was the first time, and it kind of provided some motivation to to remedy that in Rio. Um, and I guess I had all sorts of experiences in that next 
four years, I went away and did my master's and traveled, um, studied with 28 people from all sorts of different countries and nationalities and language and kind of my eyes were opened a little bit to, to the world. Um, and then to go back to Rio and to have the same result, um, it was heartbreaking. Um, I knew that I was worth more than, than that result. Um, but I also had experienced these amazing things and, and kind of thought, well, I don't, not, I'm not sure that I've got another four years to invest for a similar result. So um, I went away and experienced life. And also then and during that time kind of realized that it was a real privilege to be doing what I was doing, um, that I could touch far more people um, as an elite athlete with a profile uh, than I could sitting behind a desk and being an administrator. So um, that was the motivation to return. And of course, you know, the result at the end of the day, obviously I would, would like to be going better than, than what I have previously, but I think it's just this last four years has really made me realize that um, sport isn't necessarily about the medals and um, that's, you know, the cherry on top, but it's, you know, the impact that you can have along the way. Uh, and I hope that, you know, even through, through me, being more open about my sexuality, I can impact people equally as much as those that are inspired by my sporting results. Well, what's amazing is the selflessness behind what you shared. And also, I mean, you, you've come back and you won a silver medal at the world championships, correct? So yep. that's pretty good. That's a pretty good result. That's <laughs> something to hang your hat on. <laughs> silver medal is pretty good. When you get to Tokyo, you, your wife is not going to be able to join you. Is that correct? No. So no spectators. So she'll be watching from home, which will be, um, yeah, it'll be a little bit unusual not having friends and family there, but uh, that's, that's COVID for you. Is that a little, is that a little bitter for you? I mean, here you are, you're married, you're out, you're every, you're, you're, you are able, able to express who you are. And, and when you get, get that silver medal, there's nobody there to hug. Yeah. I mean, it would be lovely to have, everybody there and sharing in that moment um especially yeah now like you say I'm, I'm married and a lot of these experiences I haven't been able to have, have with Shah so that was certainly something that I'd hope to do but maybe also motivation to continue after the Olympics so that we can spend some time uh, you know experiencing the rowing touring life well the next the next one's only three years away so it's not as so, you know as you, they've shortened the window now it's you know 20, 2024 is only three years away. So just keep going with three more years and you could be in Paris. You never know, you know. Yeah, Paris <laughs> is a city of love, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Emma, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on. Um, and uh, just, just what, what, you seem so lovely. I can't believe this is the first time we've ever chatted. We'll be cheering for you from afar and, and uh, just sending you all the best wishes and good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can follow Emma Twig on Instagram, twig underscore Emma, or Twitter at twig, it's two Gs, twig with an E at the end. And I hope you'll be cheering for Emma come these Olympic Games. I know I will be, whether she gets that elusive medal or not, just super, super happy that she's out and part of Team LGBTQ and... Um, and, and making connections around the world and being willing to talk about this and, and being an example for other out people in sports. So just really appreciate her and looking forward to seeing her kick some butt in the water in Tokyo. 
Next week, I have an interview with a former national team player who came out a few years ago. We talk about his experiences in North America and Europe. Uh, very interesting, insightful conversation. So come on back for that. Uh, and otherwise, I hope you have a great week.